Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We hope the Ringer can provide you entertainment and companionship during this time. So as always, feel free to check out theringer.com, where we're still covering the latest in sports, pop culture, tech, and media. And the Ringer's YouTube channel can provide endless amounts of entertainment. You can find that at youtube.com slash the ringer. NBA show. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Tuesday from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Bomber, aka Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Controversy, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin! Verno, did you see one of our listeners made a mock-up t-shirt? I did for all see the nicknames? that. So I good. did see that t-shirt with all uh so one of our listeners did send us uh in the mailbag a t-shirt that had all of the Kevin O's on there. And there were some of them I had even forgotten. Um, <laughs> that we had used. I mean, look, we've been doing it three or four years. I used many of them several times, but there are some that I even forget um, over the years. So it was nice to revisit some of those. I should have thrown them in today. Oh, no. I know, right? Should have just read that one verbatim. It's pretty good. I, I think his name was Hunter. I'm not sure if that was the uh, name of the company or his name, but thank you, Hunter, for sending those. It was uh, really cool to see those. Hopefully, we can get we can get those made. I know. Great shirts, I, both I of know. them. We haven't had uh, a lot of news happen since we last spoke on Friday, but there were a few things. The first of which was, I don't know if you tuned into it at all, but I did tune in on Friday night. I just happened to be flipping the channels that ESPN was doing that 2K tournament. And the only things that came out, I don't even know who ended up winning the thing, but I did watch for a little bit when it was uh, DeAndre Ayton and Zach Levine playing against each other. And then as the days went on, Devin Booker was involved. Dude, tell me you've seen the clip of Devin Booker when uh, I can't remember whose opponent was called him out for not playing with the Suns. And he's like, you're not going (laughs) to he's like, you're not going to play with the Suns. And Devin Booker was like, "Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't see that. He was facing Michael Porter Jr. I'm trying to win here, right? Yeah, (laughs) I'm trying to win. And, and, And I think I'm pretty sure Booker chose the Bucks. Yeah, but when I was watching uh, Aiton versus Levine, there was at one point, I think it was, I think it was Aiton that said it, forgive me if it was Levine, but it, the moment is what I remember. So, you know, they have auto subs on, and Chris Silva came in for the heat, and uh, Aiton was like, who is Silva? I was like, all right, this is actually, this is kind of why I've I've got this thing tuned in. I want to see what these guys are going to say. There's no, there's nothing worse than another NBA player not knowing that you exist. Who's good? I haven't watched. I've just seen the clips online. All I care about is the trash talk. I want to see Patrick Beverly doing what he's been doing, just talking constant trash, because that was me. When I play video games online, I'm just constantly talking. I would tone it down nowadays, but back in the day, that's all I love to do. <laughs> so I, I like to see players talking trash, but who's actually good at playing I don't the games? Know. I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And I wouldn't be able to watch it and tell you who's really good. I, text, I texted my buddy who's, who plays all the time, and I'm like, are these guys really good? And he's like, eh. Well, aren't they also playing on like rookie mode? I don't know if they're, don't oh, know. right, so the shots get made easier. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. 
yeah, yeah, that may be so. It's like the juice ball, you know, in yeah. the video game. Yeah. Over the weekend, uh, also Woj reports that the NBA is talking to several high-profile players about putting together some kind of a, a horse tournament. Um, where guys, and look, I don't know how this plays out. I don't know how they even pull it off. But at this point, any programming, if you tell me it's on, I'll watch it. I think I'm. I, I think I speak for a lot of people out there, right? If you told me there's going to be uh, NBA sanctioned horse tournament going on and it's going to be on at seven o'clock tonight, I would. I would certainly, at the very least, set it up to record. But I'd probably be in front of my TV to watch it, whatever it was. So I'm in favor of anything. Sure. Anything that we get would be awesome. However, I do hope that the players are encouraged to do tricky shots, exciting shots, fun shots, rather than what we saw in the horse tournament at All-Star Weekend in 09 and 10. That Those years, it was a snooze fest. Rondo and Durant just taking threes from the top of the key to determine the winner. I understand there was a rush because they're running out of TV time for that. But it just wasn't fun to watch. And so hopefully players make this fun because the shots that they take is going to determine how exciting it is for the viewer and for themselves for that matter, too. Yeah. Um, And then regarding sports and when it could possibly resume, there was there's a big story in baseball that broke from Jeff Passan about the possibility of Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association putting a plan together that's backed by federal health officials that would basically have players in training camps by May and then games soon thereafter. Now, MLB put out a statement this morning saying nothing's been decided on and yada, yada, yada. But what becomes of interest then is Adam Silver had spoken uh, last night in an interview with Ernie Johnson. And some of the things he said was, um, did he know where things stand now uh, any better than he did when the NBA was shut down? And he said the short answer is no. Um, he said the minimum would be May 1st before they could really know, uh, you know that would be when anything could possibly even be thought about uh, starting. He said no decisions have been made whether they're going to play regular season games or not. If the season resumes, he said in an ideal world, uh, there would be some regular season games. And he said they've looked a lot at playing games without fans. Um, And then he also talked a little bit about, you know, the meeting that they had with President Trump. And then he talked about, you know, the thing that was keeping him up at night is that 55,000 jobs the league creates, including all of its game day workers, that those those people are going without right now um now a lot of these teams have taken care of them but look we're we're about to be where the season would be ending and we're about a week from that where the season would be ending and the playoffs would be starting and so it feels like you know in in one sense with that MLB story the same will go for the NBA and the same will go for every other sport and that is the advent of rapid testing and That is the only thing that matters in all of this is the ability to test and the ability to not have the appearance or rather the the reality of a bunch of professional athletes getting preferential treatment when people around the the country uh, don't have access to test. And so hopefully, you know, the, the sooner the better, but the sooner you get rapid testing, the sooner more things become a possibility, right? I mean, rapid testing 
is going to be one of the keys. I reported last month that for ga- any games to resume in the NBA, they would need ha- to have players, coaches, other team personnel, executives, trainers, whoever it may be, tested regularly. I mean, that might be two or three times a week you're having the full test, which is what's going to give you 100% definitive results. The rapid test is something that you would do like maybe each day. And that's a lot of tests, you know, for, for a lot of people um, that are necessities and to be there in this bubble and whatever they theoretically want to build. Um, it's, this is a lot to ask for baseball. It's a lot to ask for basketball. Who knows if we'll get to that point. And that's what, MLB said this morning in their statement, that's what Adam Silver said last night, that they're not in a position right now to make any decisions. They can only plan ahead. And any anything that comes isn't going to happen until we have more clarity next month and the month after that. And one of the notes in Jeff Passan's column and his reporting about MLB is he noted that for baseball, they could build this quote-unquote bubble in Arizona. They could have all 30 teams there and all the other personnel for three to four weeks of you know training camp. And if all worked out after those three to four weeks, then they would approve the play of games. And I would assume, based off my conversations with people around the league, is that a similar thing would happen in the NBA. You would get players together in whatever city or cities that game action would happen for their, you know, training camp part two and if all was well in terms of testing in terms of there be that there's no community spread within teams or uh, and players then you can approve the games it's taking it one step at a time and even though jeff passon's reporting it made it made it out made it to sound like things are a bit more definitive like this is what's going to happen it's actually just a plan. They they can only look so far ahead, and that's also what we're going to find out in the coming weeks and maybe months with the NBA as well. One step at a time. Yep. Um, one other thing. Congratulations. I, I guess it's probably that he wasn't expressed it right now. It's probably the Chicago Sun-Times fault, but uh, there out of nowhere, as I'm scanning through news articles yesterday, I read this thing about Lori Markkinen wants out of Chicago. I was like, nice timing. Like, nothing is going on. There's no season going on. The Chicago Sun-Times put out this story about how he's one unhappy camper. And before the NBA suspended its season because of the coronavirus outbreak, the report said so much that if the direction of the organization was going to stay unchanged, he'd rather be elsewhere. And I was like, what in the – this is just bizarre. You know, I had heard the I heard the I had heard the inverse, Chris, back in November or December. I had heard that it was the Bulls coaching staff that was souring a bit on Lowry Marketing. Interesting. And so if you're putting these two things together, maybe there's just some disagreement from the coaches and the executives and Lowry on what his role should be. And look, Lowry is a talented prospect, a talented offensive player. He's also had until Recently, when the games were last played, he was really struggling, but he's also hurt too. And he's always been hurt, you know, throughout his career. So for the Bulls and Lowry, it's very possible that they're just not a fit together based off the way Boylan or perhaps the Bulls front office wants to build this thing out. And if that's the case, that's the case. For Lowry, there's better fits out there, better opportunities out there. And for the Bulls, maybe whatever they could potentially get in return for him makes more sense for their vision of the team. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that Lowry might also see that because I think the team does too. It's just surprising that it happened to leak at this time. 
Last thing that we want to get to is the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. It did announce their class and what a class it is going to be with Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett headlining the group. Also, uh, four-time National Coach of the Year from Oklahoma State, Eddie Sutton. Um, and Eddie has been in poor health, and so uh, I'm, I'm I'm very glad that Eddie Sutton is getting uh, into the basketball Hall of Fame, and hopefully he will be able to enjoy that on uh, Hall of Fame weekend also, uh, or, you know, All-Star weekend when they honor everybody. Uh, two-time NBA champion Rudy Tomjanovich, also a 10-time WNBA All-Star and Olymp- Olympic gold medalist Tamika Catchings. Kim Mulkey from Baylor uh, got in, Barbara Stevens, and longtime FIBA executive Patrick Bauman. So uh, the headliners, Garnett, Kobe, and Duncan, I mean, they clearly marked a time in NBA history. And to have those three guys who are three of the greatest players of all time, it is obviously so sad that Kobe won't be there uh, for the ceremony. Uh, but that's a that's an unbelievable class, and especially for so many people um, spanning from my age to your age that grew up on those guys. I mean, think about this class for the NBA, right? You have Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan. These are probably three of the 10, 12, 15 greatest players of all time going into the same Hall of Fame class. It's remarkable. And, you know, I I, I think about whenever that ceremony is going to happen. I mean, it's scheduled for August. Who knows if we'll, if the world will be in a position where you can have groups of people in a room together at that point. But whenever the ceremony happens, it's definitely going to be an emotionally charged day. And I, um, I, I look forward to hearing KG speak. I look forward to seeing Tim Duncan open up a guy that we, you know, has been so quiet over the years. And I, it's just sad that we won't get to hear from Kobe though. I look forward to hearing the tributes in the words from others on that day, whenever that day comes. And I look forward to that day, man. All right. The mailbag has continued to be truly unbelievable. Um, we have gotten questions from all over the world, and we have gone through some the last couple of weeks. We still have more to get to that we have whittled through. Uh, today, Isaac Lee makes a triumphant return hey. to the show. Unbelievable. <laughs> we thought you were done with us forever. Uh, <laughs> Only a, na- an international, a world pandemic could bring you back to the mismatch. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back, Isaac. <laughs> it's good to be back. It's good to fill in for Bobby, who's done an exceptional job since I left the show. And uh, honestly, I'm looking at these mailbag questions and man, your listeners are smart, man. Your listeners know exactly what makes good content. That really happened since Bobby took over, though. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the listeners upgraded. <laughs> wow, zero credit for the two years I put in on the show. Yeah, we just we dealt with a bunch of dummies during your time, but oh now we got Mensa members everywhere, <laughs> worldwide. We got people from uh, the London chapter of Mensa that oh are uh, that are that are now sending us questions. Right, the, the cutoff <laughs> to listen to this podcast is your your IQ has to be 130 and higher. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even. What is that good? I don't even. Know. I, I actually don't even know. I'm just saying a, a random number. Oh, okay, good. Three yeah. three dummies describing <laughs> IQ. Yes, all of us are dumb. All three of yeah. us are dumb. Yes. All right. All right. So, what do we got this week? Let's start with the question from Ben. If the NBA were to expand to 32 teams, what two cities would each of you choose and why? With an addendum of 
from Jared and a few other people. Is there a world that the Sonics are back in the next three to five years? Oh, I think there's probably a world where that exists. Um, I don't know. You know, I worry that if they expand, that it is going to be something more global, right? That they've been doing these things in uh, Mexico City. They have talked to Adam Silver's obviously uh, got his sights set on expanding maybe outside of the continental United States. Um, within the United States, off the top of my head, I would say Seattle for sure. Um, Seattle 100%. Yeah, well, that's a rich, rich yeah. history. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Vegas, you know, they've already got a foothold in there. Hell, they may end up completing the whole season out there um summer leagues become a big deal out there and they already got an nfl team so like the whole wall towards having professional sports there has been kind of broken down uh kansas city you know is a big market that doesn't have one and it's in the and it's it give you another midwest team um and i know that there's a lot of people in kansas city that would really like to have an How about nba Vancouver? team yeah, I mean, look, they had one once upon a time. Mm-hmm, they did, um, the Grizzlies. And, and yeah, and it's a huge, <laughs> huge city. Um, Seattle's obviously the, look, especially with all the money and all the tech that's going on there, um, you you certainly, you've got enough insanely wealthy people to pull that one off and build their own arena, so that's not even a, a mess anymore. Um I kind of think that they might not expand within the states, and you also have to wonder about you know the long term viability of 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 all the teams. Anybody that's in a small market is always at some level of risk. Whether you're a Charlotte, a New Orleans, a Memphis, any anybody, right? Uh, it, for for I'm, I'm talking long term, um, unless you have, you know, I, I will just speak to this because obviously I've been covering Memphis for such such a long time. You know, when you have ironclad leases. And when the city pays for and funds an arena, then in those contracts, you get to have right of first refusal. And in a city like this, you would never lose your team because the rich people in the town would step up and make sure you keep the team. But that's part of, you know, that's that's part of the the, the yin and yang of, of, of signing these deals, right? Like if you... If you decide that it is going to be taxpayer funded to build an arena, then the one of the bonuses of that is that somebody can't just come in here and move the move it out. You know, you've got 20-year leases, 25-year leases, and the NBA doesn't want to set that precedent because they've let teams leave because of no public funding. Um, because they set the precedent that, hey, you know, if you'll publicly fund it, then uh, you know, you're gonna be able to get a team. Because this other market won't. And so anybody that's like, you know, the smaller markets is always at risk. But in terms of expansion, I don't know, Kev. I kind of worry that if we get expansion in the NBA, it probably wouldn't be within the continental United States. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't worry about that. I think that could end up being a good thing. If you have a team in Mexico City, I think that could be really great for the league. And it would not be shocking if that's part of their long-term vision. It's like we talked about with planning ahead on the schedule with resuming games by having a G league team in Mexico city. It's trying to foster a, a fan base. It's creating a place where neutral site games could potentially be played. And maybe in the distant future, 10 years from now, if expansion is, expansion is back on the table again, then Mexico city could potentially be a more appealing option. Otherwise, as you mentioned, there's, there's so many others. Seattle is a no brainer. Vegas, of course, could be an option as well. Uh, Vancouver, you could think about Louisville, Kansas city. 
there's a handful of cities out there that make some sense. But to answer the original question, Seattle for sure, Ben. Uh, and the second one I would choose, I would like to see a team in Vancouver, two more teams on the West Coast. I think Vegas is best for neutral site games. And I, I would say the same for Mexico City, at least for now. But we'll see how that changes over this decade. Well, before we move on, let me just give a quick shout out to the Sonic Boom podcast, a podcast that I produced along with a few others here at The Ringer last year about the Seattle Supersonics and how they moved from Seattle to Oklahoma and how, you know, there's a possibility that they'll come back. So just, you know, check that out if you can. What else are you going to do? Um, <laughs> uh, that's a that's an unbelievable promo. In fact, I think it that's is. how that every good. anybody that is promoting some level of entertainment, the tagline <laughs> should be, "What else are you gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, we're ready for the next question, but first we have to hear from today's sponsor. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Right now, we cannot be overwhelmed. We have to work to keep our loved ones safe and protect our communities. We have to work to stay strong, to stay connected, to stay focused. We have to work to inspire, to innovate, to build new solutions. But for all of this to work, we have to work together. At ZipRecruiter, they connect employers and people every day. But today is different. They are partnering with first responders, government officials, the medical community, the innovators in the manufacturing, transportation, and food distribution industries to make sure we are finding the right people for the right jobs right now. Let's work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. Let's get back to the mismatch. Next question. Next question from Dylan. Assuming that the Lakers and Clippers make the Western Conference Finals, who do you think this break is going to help more, LeBron or Kawhi? A big plus for the Lakers was another long back-to-back postseason run for Kawhi, and now he'll be fully rested, but LeBron James will also be rested more? I'm deadass about LeBron winning the Finals and Finals MVP, but a rested Kawhi worries me. The answer's Kawhi. Yeah, it's Mr. Load Management, of course. Yes. I mean, he misses two out of every, or one out of every four games. <laughs> so, I mean, imagine if he didn't have to miss one out of every four games. Uh, yes, it's Kawhi, right? I mean, we don't know if if he does it just to amp up for the playoffs or is is, is it necessary? You know, because it's not like we're going to get any kind of information. Like, what what does a world look like that Kawhi's played every single game? Um, we don't know. But the short answer is, I mean, LeBron is a, a freako. He could, <laughs> he, I mean, the guy's played 100 games for the last 50 years until he shows that he's unable to do that. And I also think that, uh, like, I also sense, and I'm sure Kawhi's this way too, but don't you sense that LeBron James is going to be the guy that comes back bigger and more ripped up and in the best shape of his life? Like some of these guys are going to get lazy and not do all that much. I feel like LeBron James has used this time probably as an offseason to just get into peak condition. Though LeBron did say recently that this is the time of year where he starts to really ramp up for the playoffs. Right. And not getting to do that is gonna it's gonna change things for him. So who knows what happens with LeBron? Uh, obviously, he's gonna be in peak condition to his fullest abilities. When I read that question or heard that question, I was thinking, well, wh- how are they helped? I mean, 
how is Kawhi helped from other players on his team getting healthy? Lou Williams recently had was dinged up a little bit. AD obviously has the the arm injury. So these guys, you know, indirectly help LeBron and Kawhi well, respectively as well by getting healthy over time. This is what I'll also say. It's not just Kawhi, it's the whole Clipper team. I mean, you can speak to this as a Clipper fan, Isaac. It wasn't until recently. I mean, I was watching a game a couple weeks ago, and they said they it was the first game this year they had their entire roster healthy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Shamit and everybody. And they've used more starting lineups than any team in the league. So, it's them. The answer's them. They've, they've been injured all year. Yeah, something that a phrase that's been thrown out within Clippers fan circles is that the only consistency this year has been inconsistency. And yeah. To actually have a healthy squad, and they, they were really ramping up before the whole pandemic, and of course, the NBA got suspended just when the Clippers are hitting their stride. Yeah. Well, but, uh, the other thing is, look, uh, Paul George hasn't been the beacon of health either. Yeah, so yeah. Him getting all this time off too. I mean, you got it's both of them. I mean, I don't, don't, same with like, Pat Bev, same with Lou Will. You know. Yeah, but I mean, like, look, AD and LeBron have been way healthier than George and Kawhi this year. You know who this could potentially help most, though, in the West? Houston. James Harden typically gets tired towards the playoffs because he's carrying such a heavy load towards the end of the season. Same with Russell Westbrook, too. Those guys carry such a load over the full year. And now they're getting some time off, but before games could potentially resume. I wonder if this injects some more energy in them for that shortened season, shortened playoff run, whatever it ends up being. I look at a guy like that that's had a heavy, heavy workload over the course of the year. It could help them out, too. Yeah, P.J. Tucker, not to mention P.J. Tucker playing center, you know, yeah. for all those minutes yep. getting banged down in the post. Like, it's definitely going to help for him to get a break. Yeah, well, he's also the kind of guy that is susceptible to coming in 20 pounds heavier than what he was. P.J. puts on weight quick now. He gets into shape as the season goes on. There's going to be guys that come back that are just not in shape at all. Trust me. You see it every year. And now, I mean, it's hard right now. You have to be severely self-motivated. Wait, when's the last time P.J. Tucker came in overweight? Two years ago. Remember, it was a huge thing on our show. I told you I saw him in the preseason. He was huge. Yeah. Then, and then like two months later, he was leaned out. I don't remember the argument, but I, I, I don't. It was so me calling, I, call, I called P.J. Tucker fat. I had just seen him. I mean, he had boobs the whole nine. The two months, <laughs> wow. two, two, wow. months, two months later, he was leaned out. I love P.J. Tucker. I love him. But, I mean, he, he was not in shape. I feel like if, we argue, if you had said that on the podcast, I'd be like, I, I would have disagreed with you, and it probably turned into an argument with me saying, <laughs> no, P.J. Tucker's in shape. You're wrong. That's just the way he yeah. is. Stop, stop body shaming him. Yeah, right. No, I mean, <laughs> was he that, went was from, that the argument? Is that what goes, I said to He you? goes from 260 to 240, you know, uh, <laughs> or whatever. I mean, the guy's a truck. Anyways, all right, next question. All right, from Peter D. Top five teams to never win a title with the addendum from Jared. What is the greatest finals losing team of the 21st century? So two questions there. All right, well, here, let me... The grit and grind Grizzlies. No, (laughs) let me do do this because I am going to switch this up, okay? Look, I am aware of the the, the history of the NBA. Jerry West went to the finals a thousand times and lost them all. I'm sure, you know, those teams, there are many teams throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s uh, that could be on the list. To me... I'm not going to speak with authority on some of these teams that 
obviously video footage is sparse and I would be going on the historical chronicles of others, right? Like to me, that's not necessarily fair. What I can speak to is teams that I have seen over the years. And the first one that, you know what's funny? When you said that, I'm not going to give you five. I can't list you five. But I will tell you the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> you can was, get four. You can get four. We can only count to four. Oh, no. I, I, the <laughs> two that I loved that immediately came to my mind were the Kings teams with Weber, Peja, yes. Bibby, yep. uh, you know, Doug Christie. You know, they got their heart ripped first out. First one on my mind, too. First yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, that yep. team got their heart ripped out. And a team that, you know, look, history, you know, there's going to be a book that people can go read, Jack McCallum's Seven Seconds or Less. Uh, but but that Suns team with Damari and yep. and and Steve Nash and 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 Marion, that whole group, the one that, you know, the the suspension against the Spurs, if that doesn't happen, is it a different story? I mean, look, you got to remember, Amari Stoudemire was getting like, you know, 30 and 20 against Tim Duncan in playoff games. Like this guy was he he was he was as good as anybody in the entire NBA at the highest level against the best guy. And so they had they had the juice and they had obviously the MVP uh playing point guard, but those were the first two that I think I can speak to with authority in saying those teams in another dimension are NBA championship caliber teams. I'll give you two more so we can get to four. Uh, The early 2010s Oklahoma City Thunder with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, um, that trio of MVPs. They they were a great team. They were a young team, but they were a great team. They won 60 games in 2012-2013. That was a championship caliber team uh losing to they were Memphis. just young but they were young though. just young just young but still one of the greatest teams didn't win a title though when you think about three hall of famers on the same team remarkable and then another team from this past decade the 2011 2012 chicago bulls come to mind when derrick rose tore his acl in the first round and they lost to the sixers that might not qualify as greatest team that's ever won a title, but I do think about that year for Derrick Rose and how he was producing it and the importance of having great players in the postseason. They're a team that would have went a lot further than they ended up going because of that injury. Yeah, I mean, look, the easiest one, the greatest, uh, Yeah, I think if it's not the greatest team ever, certainly they would be, people could argue, but it's that 15-16 Warriors team. Of course, individual team, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they were 73-9. and nine. Yep. You know, and, and they lost. So that yep. team's got to be up there. When I was a kid, the Sonics team, I thought of the of the Bulls opponents, that Sonics team with Gary Payton and uh and and Sean Kemp and that group was and, and I mean they had a bunch of guys. Nate McMill was on that team, Kendall Gill, Sam Perkins, Detlef Shrimp, also that Suns team with Barkley and and KJ. Um you know, and, and obviously, and the Jazz got U- knocked Utah, off. Utah, Utah too. Yeah, of the Jazz got knocked off too. So I mean, you've the early '90s Knicks too. You know, the Ewing led teams. Those teams, there's some great, great Knicks teams in that group that you know were, you know, a game sometimes a shot away from a whole different story being written about them. So that would be I we we got the certainly over five. Um, and most of them are those fun teams we liked, right? Like the the Kings, the Suns, the Warriors. Those teams were all fun to watch, too. 
No love for the Lob City Clippers, huh? All right, it's fine. Hell it's okay. no. What, what, one, one more that just came to mind because cause I just saw my mind is Kevin Garnett getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Celtics obviously won the finals in 08, but that 08, 09 Celtics team was better until KG got hurt in the postseason. Yeah. Like we we probably would have had a Celtics Lakers trilogy in the finals. Yeah, Orlando Perkins was hurt going, too, right? Uh Perkins was or, hurt the oh, year oh, after was in Perkins was hurt in ten. Okay. The, okay. The year after. So but you know, we probably would have had a Celtics Lakers trilogy had KG not gotten hurt. That Celtics team in 09 was ridiculous. Uh, so that's another team that comes to mind too from from recent years. All right. Next question. All right. This is from Megan. Where's the first place you want to visit after COVID nineteen is over? Isaac, you know my answer. You of know course my I answer, do. Of Isaac. Of course I do. It's Spoon by H Hell yeah. in Los Angeles, California. Uh, Isaac, you took me there for the first time last March in 2019. And it was re- really a life-changing experience for me in terms of broadening my, my taste buds and uh, enjoying enjoying communal dining, eating with friends and enjoying a dish together. Um and I just look, I've brought friends there over the past year many times. I've gone solo many times. And that's a place that I truly love. It's, it's, it's a, it's across 3,000 miles across the country away from my home in Brockton, Massachusetts. Um, but with LA being my new home, that, that makes me feel at home just going in there and enjoying food with friends and loved ones. And so I look forward to the day when restaurants open back up and people are able to dine together, go out with family and friends and, and then have that experience. I look forward, I look forward to going with, with you, Isaac, next time we get to go to spoon. Yeah. The two, the two things I would say in an arena with fans, I miss that so greatly. I do. Yeah, man. I love yep. going to games. I love it. And I've it's missed it. Great. I've missed it greatly. Um, on a personal level, though, like outside, it's going on like a, a family vacation, like and probably to the beach or something like that to just get away. Um, because our like I had a whole uh, my whole spring break thing. Um, this all hit that same week as my kids spring break from school. And so it ruined the trip and we weren't able to do it. We had a whole trip planned to a water park and the whole nine and we weren't able to do it. Um, I've got another one. I mean, there's one that's already booked in June and I'm hoping that by that time, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm going to have to make a decision soon on whether or not to cancel the reservation. Cause I think it's like 45 days out or something. Hmm. Um, cause it's hard that's to tough. know if by yeah. June, right. I mean, I've rented a house in Florida or whatever, uh, with a couple other, uh, friends of mine and their families. And so we rented this, this house out there. And so I'm, I've been so looking forward to that and hoping that that can play out. I would just say, yeah, like getting somewhere like a vacation that we didn't get. We didn't get to go anywhere for spring break when that was all planned out. And then, obviously right about now would be towards the end of the NBA season. And so when this is all said and done and you can travel, um, I haven't, I haven't gone anywhere, uh, since I think, uh, last, maybe a year ago, I, I guess, no, I went last summer, I went to Chicago and that was it. I haven't been out of town other than that. Hmm, wow. Anywhere. You so know, everything you just mentioned, I just look forward to those, to those shared experiences again. I mean, I think about first time what it's going to feel like going out to eat. I think about what it's going to be like at a game with a, with a full packed crowd. 
I think about what it would be like at a concert or like Coachella next year. Uh, like Coachella, if it gets canceled in October after being postponed, what's that music festival going to be like uh, for people just releasing emotion, getting out for the first time, maybe, we hope, in many, many months with a large group of people? It's going to be an emotional experience whenever that happens, uh, all relative to what your own at- own interests are, even something like going to the movie theater, man, this past month or so, about last two months after my dad passed away, my mom and I were like looking forward to going to movies together on Tuesdays because you get a cheap ticket, see some movies together because that's something we've always loved doing um, over the years and, you know, not able to go to the movies now. It's, 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 you know, for any, any person who's a movie goer um, being in a full theater on an opening night or something like that, that's a fun experience. I just look forward to when those days are back. And as I always say, Chris, don't take LeBron, don't take LeBron James for granted. I'm not going to take any of that for granted once it's back. That's for sure. All right. Next question. All right. This is from Duke. If Giannis does decide to leave next year, where would be the best destination for him? Oh, I don't even want to entertain this. That's, <laughs> I mean, I, look, I, I am rooting for him to stay in Milwaukee for his career. And I hope that because I, I've, I've lived through this, you know, my entire NBA uh, covering it life. I mean, like every time any of the players went to a big market from O.J. Mayo to Rudy Gay to Mark Gasol to Mike Conley, every one of them was going to leave for L.A. and New York and somewhere other than where they were. And so I've got a soft spot for Milwaukee and having to deal with this all the time. Uh, my short answer would also be: it doesn't matter. Like the way we, it doesn't matter where he would go. He's friggin' Giannis. I mean, he would make any team exponentially better. And that's why, look, you can look at the options. People talk about Toronto, right? The connection with with Masai Ujiri for with basketball without borders. You can look at Golden State. The connection with Steph Curry and Steph subtly recruiting Giannis. But if he went to Golden State, it would be the same thing like with KD. He'd be joining, you know, a favorite because Golden State's going to be great next year. The team that is best for Giannis, if he leaves, which I hope he doesn't, but if he leaves, to answer the question, is New York. It's the Knicks. It's the Knicks. Be the savior? If yes, if he's the savior of the Knicks. I know it's big market bias. You're just choosing a big market team. Yeah, uh, but I'm not choosing the Knicks because they're a big market team. I'm choosing the Knicks because they suck. We've done that for every star, though. but every star, we've said that. We've said that eventually, Eventually, there's going to be one. It was LeBron. It was Anthony Davis. It was, was, obviously, Carmelo went there. Um, Amari Stoudemire, you know, it landed there. But (laughs) but also, like, Well, like every big star that has come up, it's like, well, what about the Knicks, right? It was KD and Kyrie just recently, and no one ever does it. I mean, it's been now 15, 20 years. Nobody pulls the trigger and decides to sign up for the Knicks. And that's why I'm saying, you know, the best destination for him is the Knicks. The best destination is Milwaukee and just stay there. If he leaves, if he leaves. Don't leave. Don't don't leave. Leave. don't don't leave Giannis. Don't, don't listen to Duke. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for the question, Duke. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we can finish on a on a silly question here. This is from Evan. Kev, who would you cast as Verno in a movie about Verno? And Verno, oh, who God. would you cast as Kev? Oh boy. You go first here, Chris. That dude that played McLovin. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> What's that dude's name? Kidding me. <laughs> What's that dude's name? 
I should have Brad Pitt playing me. Christopher <laughs> Chris, Chris, Christopher Mintz. Yeah. That's his name. Hmm. Christopher Mintz. He's in Superbad, right? So I, I know the answer, but I want I want you to say why. Why? <laughs> why Christopher Mintz and why McLovin specifically? <laughs> I just think I think you guys I think you guys favor each other. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Can he grow a beard like me? I have a beard yeah, now. Yeah, probably. I bet he's probably got a big beard now. <laughs> I don't know what he's done. I don't know what he's done recently. Well, I was going to choose Jack Nicholson for you. Oh, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at this guy. Look, he does have facial hair. Even if you go to his Wikipedia and you guys aren't far off age-wise. He's got a little. He's got a little stuff on his chin. Yeah, and he's a good-looking guy he's, now. He's got a little Jamal Murray on his chin. You know, yeah. I mean, it's well, not, 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 it's some patchiness there. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Murray, huh? <laughs> but as I was saying, <laughs> I hadn't thought of, I hadn't thought I had anything on Jamal Murray's chin in a minute. <laughs> Promise you that. <laughs> Some patchiness is all I'm saying. But. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're thinking of you're thinking of him from that movie, Super Bad. I know. And that's not know. fair. No, I'm real, this well, guy you now. said McLovin. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean you are you're kind of McLoveny. No, oh, yeah, I know that's okay. But anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, for you, Jack Nicholson, because oh, Jack Nicholson. How dare you? That why? Jack He's Nicholson. He's hundred first years of all, old. Yeah, we have de aging technology now. We have deep. <laughs> We have deep fake technology Nicholas, that they can super. No, I'm dead ass serious. You can super. You can superimpose. I'm not insulting you. I told you, you I finally, I, I finally uh, uh, broke down last week. I said enough is enough. I, I am now. I am putting. I have like a a folder of. I get more. You look like this person, or like, and it, it's it's. It's girls, it's kids, it's goofy looking <laughs> dudes, it's people with buck teeth, like anything, any anything like they, they could, like ninety percent of them. Honestly, I'm not kidding. Look, I look at them and they look nothing like me. Every once in a while, there will be one, but I get, I get one of these like, no lie, three to five times a week. And I'm now just creating a folder of these because they're outrageous. Anyway, with Jack Nicholson, the reason why I choose that is because as an actor, he is terrific at playing a sentimental character, but he's also the best at playing an angry character. And you get very angry. So I think Jack Nicholson has the range as an actor (laughs) to accurately portray the man Chris Vernon. I almost responded. There was a guy that sent us the other day, and he says, uh, you know, I'm listening to these podcasts. I'm doing a little catch-up, and is Kevin O'Connor really like that in person? If so, he's a Hall of Fame good guy, and I have it in my drafts where I was going to respond to the guy. You've got it all wrong. He's an absolute scumbag, but I didn't do it. Because I thought maybe you would get upset, and and uh, no, fine. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm, now I've got to make you feel good. I'll I'll switch yours to uh, Paul Rudd. You can be Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess <it's> the same. <laughs> what the guy was like sexiest man alive, wasn't he? Uh, was he? I think he's one sexiest man alive. Was he really? I I think he has. Am I wrong about that? Did I'm, Paul I'm Rudd Google, not I'm win? I'm googling right now. I think he did. He 
was one of People Magazine's Sexiest Men Alive. I don't think he was named Sexiest Man Alive. Oh, he's just but, one but of he them. Was on, he was on the list. Oh, he, he got on a the blur. list. Yes he, yes, he got an honorable mention. Mm. Isaac, thanks for coming back to the show. Of course, it was great <laughs> being back. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. Thanks to Kevin O'Connor, everybody. Have a good week. We will be back on Friday. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating review on iTunes. Five stars, five stars. It really helps. And we will talk to you on Friday.